Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Luke uh, chapter 8. We're going to continue in our series uh, today on the heroes of the faith. And next Sunday, we are going to talk about the greatest hero of all time. His name is Jesus, and he is risen. So many of you know, many watch online with us today, many in the sanctuary today, we've been doing a year-long series on the heroes of the faith. And for the past couple weeks, we've been looking at Easter heroes. And we're going to end with Jesus. We looked at a lady that no one ever heard of before, Procula. She was the, the wife of Pilate who said, don't mess with this guy. He's innocent, I'm telling you. God gave me a dream. Don't mess with him. And Pilate did what most guys do, didn't listen to his wife, did he? We looked at uh, Simon, an immigrant from Africa, who when Christ couldn't carry his own cross, it was Simon of Cyrene who stepped up, and what an honor it must have been for him to carry the cross of Christ. Can you imagine the honor? The Bible says he was forced, but what an honor when Christ could couldn't carry his own cross, Simon stepped up, an immigrant, and carried the cross of Christ. A few weeks ago, we looked at the centurion soldier. His, lane, his name was Longus. His name was Longus because he was the one who took a spear and pierced the side of Christ. Many people, they, they hurt other people and they do it from a distance. They do it with a long spear and the centurion soldier did that. He pierced the side of Christ, and yet at the very end, he was the soldier who declared, surely he is the son of God. You see, even hurting people are shown mercy in the last few minutes of their life. And the centurion soldier, although he was uh, uh, hurting other people, he recognized that Christ was the son of God, and he was a hero. Last week, we looked at Nicodemus who from a distance, in the dark of night, he reached out to Jesus. And when Jesus had died and was uh, being, uh, he, he, was, he was preparing for the, the tomb, it was Nicodemus that brought the spices to properly bury Jesus. In those spices were spices of healing. And we looked at yesterday and uh, last Sunday how, how God is always willing to heal and help people that are sick in body. And we prayed for the sick. It was beautiful. Today we're going to finish up with a woman. Her name was Joanna. Powerful hero of the faith. Joanna was the first person in the world to say these words, he is risen. Can you imagine what an honor in God's beautiful sovereignty he planned for a woman by the name of Joanna to declare for the very first time, Christ is risen. Think about this for a few moments. How many billions of times 
has that phrase been used? Man, I would love to bought the domain name for that website. <laughs> Hashtag Christ is risen. It's been declared billions of times all over the world. But it was Joanna, the first person after she went to the tomb and Christ was no longer there, she came back and she was the one that told the disciples, he is risen. You're probably wondering what Joanna's name means, don't you? Her name means God has graciously given. Joanna received the grace of God. And she was given the privilege of being the first person in the world to declare that Christ is risen. I'm hoping that at the end of our time together that you and I are all going to be very, very mindful. Watch this. That we have all been forgiven much. Joanna wasn't a saint. Joanna, she had some issues. Joanna had some, some baggage. She wasn't perfect. That's what I love about it. God in his beautiful master plan, watch this, picked a woman who had some issues, who wasn't perfect, who wasn't all together, and God says, yes, she is the candidate. She's what I'm looking for. If I'm going to pick one person to be the first one in history to declare that Christ is risen, I'm going to pick someone with scars. I'm going to pick someone with some issues. I'm going to pick someone with some, with some drama and some baggage. And Joanna, her name means God has graciously given. She was aware of how frail she was. And because of that, she was filled with gratitude that God picked her to declare for the very first time, he is risen. Guess what? You've got issues. I've got issues. We all walk with a limp. We all walk with some scars. We all walk with some things we're working on. Watch this. And if God could choose a woman by the name of Joanna who had some baggage, he's going to pick you and me to also join in that chorus to declare to the world he is no longer in the tomb. He is risen. And when you have been forgiven much, you love much and you declare to the world that Christ picked me in spite of my scars and my limps and my issues and my drama and my baggage. He used me to declare to the world, he is risen. God has graciously given. Now, if you're with me, let's go real quick to Luke, uh, uh, Luke chapter 8. And it's there in your notes. And I'm just going to read a couple scriptures. I want you to find out a little bit about, about Joanna. Maybe you don't know uh, much about her, but we're going to look at this hero today. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. It's there in your notes. Circle these first two words. After this. Say those two words with me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Now, when you see that, those two words after this, you are supposed to look 
back and see what the story is. It's much like the word therefore. Whenever you see therefore in the Bible, you stop and you go back. Therefore connects the future with the past. So in Luke chapter 8, in verse 1, it says, after this, and that's very, very meaningful. Watch this. Because what took place prior to Luke chapter 8 was Jesus was sitting down at Buca de Peppo for dinner <laughs> with his disciples, and in the middle of the dinner, a sinful woman walked in. Maybe she was a prostitute. Maybe she was dressed a little inappropriately. But can you imagine now Jesus is having spaghetti dinner with his disciples and a sinful woman walked in. Now I want you to stop right here just for a few moments. If you were the disciples, how would you respond? Now come on, let's talk, let's talk shop here today. If some woman from OBT came bursting through our covered dish dinner, how would you respond? And I'm afraid that some of us would stand up and, and try to keep that woman from Jesus. I don't know, you know, maybe our ushers. We've got a lot of guys walking around here with walkie-talkies and, and headpieces and ushers. Maybe the ushers would say, oh, oh Pastor Scott, we've got we to we keep her. How would you respond? Would you look at her in, 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 in judgment? Would you want to sit next to her? Would you, want to, would you want to share a meal with her? This story in Luke chapter, Luke chapter 8 starts by the two words after this. And Jesus was at that dinner, and he looked at that woman, and that woman took a big old expensive jar of, of, of perfume, and she poured it on the feet of Jesus. And, 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 and the finance committee, you guys know who you are. They're like, what in the world's going on? Do you know how much that perfume cost? We could carpet the sanctuary with that. We could put a new roof on the children's center. We could give pastor a raise. I mean, they, they were thinking all these things and what they could do with the money, and they became upset and indignant. Jesus looked at that woman, and she was crying with tears that were wetting the feet of Christ and pouring the oil on Jesus' feet. And that, in that particular moment, Jesus looked at that woman and said, woman, your sins are forgiven. Jesus asked the question, he said this to his disciples, do you see this woman? No, no, no. Do you see this woman? And the problem is sometimes as Christians, as believers, no, 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 we don't see that woman. And if we do see that woman, it's usually with the spectacles of judgment and condemnation. So Jesus starts out the story unveiling who Joanna is 
by telling us and reminding us that they just came from dinner at Buca de Peppo and Jesus says, let this woman do it. Woman, you are forgiven. You're free. I don't judge you. I came for people like you. So after this, say those two words, after this. Jesus traveled around from town to town and village to village to, to one to another, proclaiming the good news. Everyone say good news. The good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him and also some women. Oh, I love this. Women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven devils had come out. Joanna, the wife of Shrez, the manager of Herod's household, and Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support Jesus out of their own means. Wow. Beautiful. Watch this. Jesus leaves Buc de Peppo. And he starts to go around preaching all over the place. And the Bible says that he was surrounded with his 12 disciples. But watch this. He was surrounded by women. Women who weren't perfect. Women who had issues. Now, some of you Methodists, you're going to have a hard time with this. Women who were demon-possessed. And filled with diseases. They were following Jesus. They maybe were at the dinner the night before. And the Bible says that Joanna and Mary Magdalene and Susanna and many others were following Jesus. But these women used to have demons. These women had issues. These women were not perfect. These women had scars, and they were following Jesus, and out of their own pocketbook, they were supporting the ministry of Jesus Christ. Why were they doing that? You see, when you've been forgiven much, when God's mercy has revealed himself to you, you will follow Jesus anywhere. And you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is continuing to be preached around the world. Some of you don't like the fact that these women were filled with demons. That doesn't make you feel comfortable. Okay, I can see you right now. You're kind of squirming. I mean, you don't mind clapping hands. You don't mind lifting your hands. But now, Pastor Scott, you're talking about demons. Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about demons. God's word is talking about demons. One of those women had seven demons. I'm not going to go there. Seven demons. Many of them sick with disease and infirmity. And Christ forgave them. Christ delivered them. Christ 
healed them. And Jesus said to them, I'm getting ready to go do this somewhere else. You guys want to come with me? And their natural response was, yes, absolutely. I used to have demons. I'm no longer demon-filled. I'm free. I used to have sickness. I'm no longer sick. I used to have issues. I'm, I, I'm good now. I'm going to follow you. And they followed Jesus wherever he went. And they paid the bills. Why? Because they wanted to make sure that just as they got delivered, that this ministry continues. And you do that through giving. Now, I didn't make this story up. You read it for yourself in Luke chapter 8. They wrote the checks so that Jesus could continue to preach the gospel of the good news so that other people may be free and well. And that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. Are you all with me this morning? You see, when you've been forgiven much and you've been, been delivered much, there's a couple things that you and I are going to do. Number one, it's there in your notes. Number one, when, when you've been forgiven much, you're going to follow Jesus anywhere. Can I get an amen? You're going you're to follow. You'll gladly follow him anywhere. See, last week we talked about are you a fan or are you a follower? Now, some of you all are here today. Watch on, online. You're a fan. You admire from a distance. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But followers will follow Jesus anywhere. God, you just tell me where you're going. You tell me what you're doing, and I'm going to be there. You'll gladly follow. I hope today you, as a disciple, you're gladly following. I mean, you don't like sometimes where he takes you. You don't like sometimes where he leads you. You don't like sometimes where he walks you through. But you and I have chosen to be not a fan, but we've chosen to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And when Christ redeems you and delivers you and sets you free, you'll follow him anywhere. That's what followers do. Number two, when you've been graciously forgiven, look at there in your notes, you will cheerfully support the work of Jesus Christ. I love it. These people, Su Susanna, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, they had a gold American Express. And they flipped the bill for all the ministry. Why? Because they wanted to make sure that the gospel continued to be preached around the world. When you're a gracious, when you've been graciously forgiven, you will gladly support the work of Jesus Christ. I've got a list here, and, and I, I want to show this to you. And I was blessed just to read this, this this last week. This is a list of over 32 missionaries that this church supports on a monthly basis. All over the world. I know most of them. I visited some of these sites. People all over the world. Guatemala. Zambia, Delbert and Sandy Groves. Tammy and I have had the privilege of going there many times, sitting with pastors. 
not just, not just preaching in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. Tammy and I would spend a full day locked up in a room and one pastor and his wife after another. Hour after hour after hour after hour after hour would come into that room and share their heart about how hard ministry was. It would break our hearts to listen to the pastors that are in Zambia around the world, struggling to live on just a few dollars a day, and the heartache and the pain, and as hard as it was for us to hear that hour after hour after hour, they would, they would line up and sign up, and we'd see 20, 30 pastors in a day, and every single one of them struggling beyond belief. And I want you to know that when you support this church, you're supporting people like Delbert and Sandy Groves and many dozens more who are out there making sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached around the world. You see, when you've been graciously forgiven, you'll follow Jesus anywhere. But number two, you'll gladly give so that the gospel of Jesus Christ gets heard around the world. Can I get it here and amen? And when you give to this church, I'm proud that we are a giving church that blesses not only needs here in Central Florida, but around the world. Number three, very quickly. This is found in, in Luke 24, so I want you just to take, uh, take a moment. And let's go to Luke 24, verse 1 through 12, and we're going to look at the rest of Joanna's story. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. On the first day of the week, this is Luke 24. Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down to their knees to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he took you and he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified. And on the third day he will be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others. And they went and told them that the angel appeared to them, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. But Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying in them himself, and when he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Number three, look in your notes here. When you are graciously forgiven, you will willingly look for opportunities to serve. Watch this. Who went to the tomb to make sure that Jesus was going to be okay after he died? It was the women. It was Joanna. It was Mary Magdalene. It was Susanna. You see, when you've been forgiven much, you will look for opportunities 
to serve other people. And guess what these women did? They said, you know what, this may not seem like much, but we're going to go and we're going to go make sure that Jesus is buried properly and he's taken care of. They look for opportunities to serve. I want to encourage you today to look. Look around. Open your eyes. There's going to be an opportunity for you to serve someone else, and if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. People who have been forgiven of much will look for opportunities to serve other people. And you know what I found when I serve other people? Watch this. My problems, my issues, my hurts seem to, seem to fade away when I'm serving other people and looking for the opportunity to serve people, not only in my community and my neighborhood, but around the world. Look for opportunities to serve. Number four, if you're still with me, let me hear an amen. When you've been forgiven much... You will strongly believe in seasons of doubt. Now stay with me. Bruce, if you can go to the keyboard. You will strongly believe in seasons of doubt. Now watch this. Look at verse 3 and 4. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while they were wondering about this. Now watch this. What do you think they were wondering about? They were wondering and they were filled for maybe the very first time with doubt. How many of you here today and you've ever doubted? I think these women went to the tomb and the tomb was empty and they started to doubt. Can I tell you something today? It's okay to doubt. It's okay to doubt. I'm telling you, I'm your pastor, and I'm declaring to you today, that it's okay to doubt. And I'm sure when those women went to the tomb after all they'd seen, and now they come to the tomb, and the tomb is empty, and the Bible says they were wondering about this. I'm sure they were filled with doubt. I think every believer is going to come in a season in their life where they're going to doubt, and they doubt just about everything. God, are you real? Is this Bible thing, is this for real? God, I, I'm just, I'm kind of wondering, kind of wondering. I got a little doubt. And I used to feel guilty for doubting. But now I'm in a place in my life where I've discovered that it's okay to doubt. Why? Because Joanna doubted. Mary Magdalene doubted. Susanna doubted. And they saw Christ firsthand. And yet their first response, watch this, when God didn't do what he said he was going to do the way they thought he was going to do it, their first response was, oh, man, I'm wondering about this a little bit. I'm doubting What our family's been through the past two years, got a lot of doubts. A lot of doubts. A lot of questions. And, and, and I'm finding out that it's healthy to doubt. Can't stay there forever. Can't, can't camp out for the next 10, 20 years in doubt. But it is okay and it's healthy to doubt. And I'm sure Joanna 
and Mary Magdalene and Susanna thought, man, what is, after all we've been through, now the tomb is empty and this is it's crazy. I'm wondering about this. I want to take you real quick to one last verse of scripture. And if you'll go to Revelation and then turn left, and the book is Jude. And this is not in your notes. This is going to be, this is going to be free. This is free. This is bonus. Buy one, get one. This is in Jude. So next to the last book of the Bible. And in and, and Jude chapter 22, there is a beautiful, beautiful verse of Scripture that really ministers to me when I'm faced with doubt. And by the way, let me make sure that, that I got the right people here. Has anyone ever, here ever doubted? God, you said you're going to heal me and you haven't healed me. God, you said you're going to protect my kids, and I don't feel like my kids have been protected. God, you promised I would always have enough, and I've given, I've tithed all these years, and I'm at the end of my life, and I don't know how I'm going to make it. Jude, verse 22, says this. But you, dear friends... Build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life and be merciful to those who doubt. Maybe you're here today and you wonder, is this whole thing about Jesus dying on the cross and, 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 and being thrown into a tomb and, and, and raised again? Is that, is, that, is that for real? I love what Jude here says. It says this. Be merciful to those who doubt. You know what we do in the church? I mean, not, not you, not us, but the church. When we find someone who doubts, you know what we do? We put, them, we, we, we put shame on them. Sh- shame on you for thinking that. Shame on you for being discouraged. Shame on you for wondering what in the world's going on. And we heap shame on people, yet the Bible says if you find someone who's doubting, be merciful to them. You know what we do in the church? We heap more guilt on them. Oh, you shouldn't be thinking like that. You shouldn't be doubting God. You shouldn't be questioning that. You shouldn't be. Be merciful to those who doubt. And watch this. Joanna and Mary and Susanna, they were doubting as they sat outside the empty tomb and they were wondering, what have I done? I followed this man all these years. I've paid. I've supported. I believed. And now this is not ending up the way I thought it was supposed to end up. And they doubted. And when you and I find ourselves in that place of doubting, you know what we're going to find because of Christ? Goodness. We're going to find mercy. If you're here today and you're depressed and you're lonely and you're not healed yet and you're discouraged and you're mad and you're angry and you're doubting, you know what I say to you today? 
I give you mercy. Mercy. I know you don't understand it. I know this didn't work out the way you thought it was supposed to work out, but I extend to you mercy. Why? Because we serve a God, watch this, who is rich in mercy. Everyone say rich. And when he finds someone who's doubting, he's rich in mercy. And this church, as your pastor, I declare to those that are doubting like Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Susanna and all the other women with baggage and issues, wondering what's going on, I extend to you the mercy of Jesus Christ. I call it being mercy generous. I love that. You know what I pray for you is, as we get ready to close here in just a few moments? That you will live a life of being mercy generous. You run into someone who's doubting, you don't judge them. You don't condemn them. You don't shame them. You don't make them feel worse. You extend to them the mercy. The same mercy that was extended to you, you extend that to other people. Mercy generous. You know what we do in the church? We are mercy stingy. That's what we are. God's forgiven me much. I had demons. I was sick. God forgave me. Oh, but you're doubting? Oh, must be sin. We're mercy stingy. God wants us to live a life mercy generous. Rich in mercy. Easy to forgive. Easy to just come alongside and say it's okay if you doubt. God's going to come through. He's alive. He's risen. You may not feel like it right now, but he's alive. And next Sunday, we're going to celebrate the fact that he is risen. And because he's risen, you can rise too. You can rise out of your doubt. You can rise out of your discouragement. You can rise out of your depression. You can rise out of your questioning and walk in victory today because Christ is victorious. Thank God for Joanna. Thank God for a woman who was demon-possessed and sick who followed Jesus and supported his ministry so that you and I could hear the gospel of the good news. He is risen. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've walked in it. He's risen. He's alive. And because he's alive, you can be alive too. Would you stand up across the auditorium? Before we dismiss today, and it's only 11.46, so we're, we're right on time. Before we leave today, it, I want to be mercy generous and give you an opportunity. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to extend beautiful mercy to you. It's available. You can't earn it. can't work for it. You're never going to be good enough. 
It's good enough for Joanna. It's good enough for you. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Scott, would you pray for me? I want to receive mercy today. Just lift your hand. I'll pray for you. Is there anybody? I want to receive mercy. I'll pray for you. Christ will come into your life and he'll change you and forgive you. You've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your, your goodness. We thank you, God, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And Lord, I ask you to come into my life and change me, transform me, help me to be a follower of you for the rest of my life. I'm grateful for your grace and your mercy. I receive Christ as my Savior. Come into my life and change me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, if you're here today and, and, and you're already a believer, but you need to receive mercy and grace, I want you to tap in to an unending source. The Bible says he's rich in mercy. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you haven't done. Don't need to know, but I do know this. God is rich in mercy. And he forgives you. He loves you. He let three women who were, used to be demon-possessed follow him. How much more is he not going to allow us to follow him? Amen? Now, this is what I want you to do this week. You're going to run into somebody. And that religious spirit is going to rise up in you. And you're going to condemn somebody. You're going to be tempted to, 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 to not have patience with somebody. You're going to be tempted to, to, to not treat someone with goodness and kindness. And I pray that this Easter week, that people all over Central Florida, the Pine Castle family, will lean into mercy generous. And you forgive, and you love, and you go the second mile. Why? Because that's what Christ has done for you. Don't be mercy stingy. Be mercy generous. Let me pray for you. Now may the Lord bless you. May God remind you of how much you've been forgiven from. May God remind you that you were in bad shape. But he still forgave you and allowed you to hang out with him. Same mercy, that same kindness, that same goodness that has been extended to you. You be the vehicle that extends that mercy to others. As we get ready to celebrate the wonderful day next Sunday, I pray that Pine Castle United Methodist Church will be filled with people who are mercy generous. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and fill you with grace and mercy. In the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday, Easter Sunday. Bye-bye.